As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ in Indiana. We will do uh, the disappointing, disheartening, discouraging, whatever you want to call it, the loss to Minnesota last week. What IU needs to do to salvage their season. Uh, some college football news in terms of IU's next opponent in Maryland. And just what IU needs to going forward is this program dead in the water? Where do the Hoosiers go from here? Uh, and we'll talk all about that. Recap the Minnesota Gilly quickly. You did uh, well. What didn't do well? What needs to happen going forward? Uh, so we'll have all that. And uh, there's three games left this season. Indiana through week nine at four. Four and five uh, heading into the open week double game. Again, TJ, I, I, I hate to rip off this band again and reopen uh, wounds. What exactly uh, were your thoughts from from? Yeah, I, I um, it, I it was a very interesting game because Indiana played so so poorly. Uh, for a stretch of time there, you know, 25, 30 minutes of game time uh, where IU was uh, just abysmal. Um, bad on offense, bad on defense, bad on special teams. Uh, and then, you know, and I, I had uh, the narrative for my game story made up in my head uh, as, as far as what was going to be, to be written about that game. Um, and then, you know, kind of one deep pass from Peyton Ramsey to Donovan Hale, and it was kind of a shrug your shoulders moment, like, oh, where the heck's that been all day? Um, and then all of a sudden you, you get a turnover, score again, and you kind of scratch your scratch your head and say, well, this is interesting. And, uh, you know, I but we've been there before. We've been there before where Indiana – not with this particular team, but with IU football in recent years where, you know, Indiana will uh, get themselves back into a game only to um, the long drive or, or not be able to make a critical play, something like that. Uh, so I wasn't really too excited. And then uh, when Indiana was able to get the ball back uh, and down eight uh, and score, and then get the two-point conversion, which, by the way, credit where it's due. Uh, thank you for not throwing a fade pass there on that two-point conversion uh, and using the big body Donovan Hill to seal off the defender. Um, thank you for that. But, you know, I, I have definitely allowed myself to think, well, IU does not deserve this victory 
on the balance of play, but sure would take it, and it seemed like maybe it was going to come. Uh, you get the stop, get the ball back, and then passing game had picked Minnesota apart on successive drives that uh, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It did not then. So this is not second-guessing. You just knew on that third and two they were going to hand it off. It was going to be a run up the middle. Uh, And if they did that, it was probably going to be stuffed because Minnesota was perfectly aware of it as well. And that's what they chose to do. And once they pucked that ball, you you just had a sinking feeling in your stomach that uh, Minnesota was going to find a way to score. I thought it was probably going to be a last-second field goal that they they did, but now they – you know, went went straight for the more direct route and uh, went over the top on the IU defense. Uh, so at that, you knew Indiana was not going to be able to to come back from that. Um, and ultimately, it's a you know major gut punch for loss. You've got the first part of it where it's so disappointing in the play, uh, and then the second part of it where it's well, hey, we almost escaped, and then we'll take the five and four, uh, and you know not ask any questions about it, just happily take it and move on. Uh, and then that second disappointment of the uh, coming all the way back only to, to lose, and I won't even call it heartbreaking fashion, I'll just call it uh, uh, more disappointment. So I, I don't know. Uh, there's there's no way Indiana should have lost that game to that Minnesota team. Um, and I think it uh, exposed – the continued special teams mistakes that just can't continue to happen. Thing in the end, multiple games, and uh, something has to be done with that. And then I thought that, uh, you know, I guess you can explain the defensive mistakes and the miscues and the, the play of the defense. You could explain that, I suppose, to youth. Um, I don't necessarily buy that, but uh, you can sort of have that explanation uh, for offense, I just uh, for a majority of that game, Peyton Ramsey was just awful. Uh, he was really, really ineffective. And I to be, to continue to to watch the offense flounder as it was uh, was certainly among the more frustrating evenings that uh, that I've had. And that's you know many many as an IU football fan. But the announcers continue to talk about completion percentage uh, with Peyton Ramsey, and it's just a meaningless statistic. His yards per attempt are among the worst in college football, and even those passes seem to be a chore at times where, yeah, guys are catching the ball uh, five yards down the field, but okay, that's better than not completing it. I get that. But in addition to – struggling to get it there, he's not leading those guys into bigger plays. Uh, they're just they're five-yard catches, and that's it. And I use offense. Very few college offenses are capable of consistently going on 12- to 15-yard plays. You have to have the explosive plays, and I use offense just does not have that. And I think that that is the root of the issue for Indiana. I think it's the special teams mistakes that IU is not good enough to overcome. Uh, and very few teams are able to overcome the number of special teams miscues IU has. 
uh, and then the lack of explosive plays. I think that those two things are the largest issue for Indiana football right now. Uh, and it's to say that it's been frustrating uh, is a, a major understatement. We're left now with needing, uh, you know, a pair of miracles just to get to a bowl game. Yeah, and, you know, that game was so frustrating because at 31, we all accepted that IU uh, was dead in the water, uh, not going to do anything, yeah. and Minnesota could not score two more touchdowns. And when they you know, and they had shots to win it, uh, you know, Peyton Ramsey throws a pick, uh, you know, and, and IU was getting close. I thought it was the field goal. We could, you know, attempt the field goal, gets points on the board there. Um, yeah, they had their shots. And it. I'll tell you this, they're, they're, the fan base is angry. And the next term, angry is happy. And you do not have the base. IU has been four. It's not been good. And usually... That is the death program uh, right there. But that not look good. Uh, you know, don't expect a crowd more than 20,000 at the Maryland game. Maryland doesn't travel well anyway. They have their own problems going on uh, in terms of, of buying their players after the news today. And this game will be and it's going to be chilly here. And I know fans won't be there. And, and Rightfully so. You cannot come out and fall behind. And, TJ, this reminds me of the 2013. IU needed that win to go ball, and, and they threw the backwards lateral to, to Tevin, and they were running yeah. the ball all over Minnesota late in the game and had a chance to win. They couldn't do it. And the key to this settling for field goals early. Each team had three scoring drives. Minnesota scored three touchdowns. IU kicked three field goals. That's the difference in the game. Uh, if you take, you know, score two touchdowns and a field, you know, IU, IU wins. And you, you feel better about yourself than five and four heading into an open week and facing now a Maryland team where you don't know where the buy-in is. Uh, it's it's I, I would place Tom Allen on, uh, squarely on the hot seat after last week. And, and for these reasons, you knew Minnesota banged up in the secondary. You knew you could take your shots all day, and you didn't. It was running well. You could mix it up a little bit. Uh, I would even gone for it on four down. Uh, you got stuff on the run. You know, because Sure, they're going to score anyway. That's how you figure it. If they're going to score, let them score two minutes left. And then you could, you know, work on, uh, on their odds getting back. And they scored the touchdown. Good thing is, delay a game. I know it's a new rule where they start play clock after right of the kickoff, but it's weak now. you got to play. And then just special teams play. It, it has been awful. And it's not one thing, it's another. You know, Jay Sean Harris was, was great early on. They figured out how to kick away from him, and IU really hasn't adjusted. They didn't have a pair with the ball. Uh, 
Uh, there, there was a big punt late in the game where it bounced 20. IU lost, you know, 15 or 20 yards of field position uh, on a punt uh, like that. Yeah, the block was inexcusable. Uh, you know, they fixed the, the kickoff return, Duke. But again, it's like holes on the Titanic. It seems like it's going down anyway. So, you know, it, 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 William Inge, the special teams coordinator, that is all he does, that in recruiting. And you can't be, I don't know where they are in S&P plus this week, but they were down in the hundreds. You cannot be that way in one game been uh, a team like Indiana. Half the 25 uh, and having a making a difference. They they don't return kicks, and I I understand it with not returning it like the jet back there. The spot is not he's going to break a kickoff return for a touch, but go put Jalen Williams or somebody better. Now at least Taylor back. He's quarterback number two uh, now. Go put back the fastest guy on the team, uh, and and maybe can make it easier on your offense. Going 75 yards every time uh, and thinking dunking down the field, which you can't do uh, consistently. You've got to get put on specialties, and and they haven't they haven't met. So and then defense, you know, Tom Allen seems it over his head. Now, did he turn around Ayes fence in 2016-17? Yeah, he's done a great job of doing that. But as a head coach, you run the entire program, not just defense. So he is much on play. Too proud to say it, but he needs to give – Minnesota knew it was coming. And P.J. Fleck, after the game, said, we knew they were going to fight all night on play action. And what do you know? Lo and behold, the, the dead heart of the nation, actually not 67 yards, uh, Touchdown, freshman to freshman. And give Minnesota credit. Those guys are hard. That's who got to feel bad for. Comes back from injury. Gets hurt again. He runs for 140-some-odd yards. Rashad Bateman is a very good receiver. Tyler Johnson's a very good receiver. So they had some plays. But it, they're not Ohio. They're not Iowa. They're not Penn State. This is a game on the road that IU had a chance to win. Get in and one or three to go to a bowl game. And in, in typical IU fashion, they're going to make it harder than themselves. Having to win two out of three, uh, one against a, a, a good Maryland team who's facing their their own issues, a Michigan team where you haven't won up there, and Purdue to will probably need that game to go to a bowl game as well. So this, this is where I football is at right now at the moment. And it's talented. And they're, they're young. It just seems like there's been a step back. You can't get slanted to death by Minnesota, by a freshman quarterback. Go up and jam receives. Uh, you, you can't fight on play action. Every uh, there's got to be some sort of you know, maybe it's he's not going to get hand after this year, but maybe you start thinking about it after next year uh, because I 
if this if they lose out uh, or don't go all, that's two in a row. If you fail next year, okay, that's three in a row. You have years. You have one of those is a transition. You got you got three years. You got to show me something here, and it's uh, it's got to be. So that that's where I have to go. Your your fan base, uh, what little of a fan base that IU football does have, uh, diehards are are giving up season, and that's not good. Uh, if you don't have those guys, and we'll see if um, if Indiana wants to make the commitment to the the commitment to football, uh, the commitment that they need to make financially to, to coaches and uh, coaching staff and and all the little things that make uh, programs more than just competitive and eat, trying to eke out bowl, bowl games. No, no, we'll see. It's a, it's a big final end of the year for our salvages. Now, if you don't play well, beat Maryland, you know, competitive against Michigan and, and it comes down to do and I said it at the beginning of the year, TJ, I think we both said it. it it's bowl game or bust for this team. So there, there's no moral victory if you come out and play well against Purdue and you lose an over and it's five and done and you're a few days away. Anymore. It's the bowl this team was better than uh is better than their four and five record. They mishandled uh personnel uh, and it's going to kill them. And you saw five-yard pass. You just can't, especially if you're not explosive in in other areas. So that's my take. Uh, and there's just not much else to say other than that it was, it was like a double gut. Yeah. Um Discussion that we will save for after the season, um, because right now it's just unproductive. Um, but a discussion that uh, we will save for after the season is um, kind of the, the big picture. What does Indiana um, want and, and expect from their football program? Uh, because what they're putting into it resource-wise, uh, you know, believe it or not, uh, IU football is overachieving um, compared to what is being put into it in terms of resources. Now, that does not mean that IU should not win six games this year. Uh, there's enough there for Indiana to win six games. Uh, that being said, at an institutional level, uh, to be a, an examination of uh, of what I use putting into the program uh, for what you know they're getting out of it, and uh, you know we'll look at that after the season, and um, you know I, that's something that uh, I know as a site we're going to tackle is kind of an in-depth look at uh, or discussion of um, what either needs to change or um, what's working, what's not working at an institutional level uh, from, and that, that's athletic director on up to, uh, you know, board of trustees and the, and the president 
uh, the university now. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up that we're going to say, well, this needs to change and this needs to change, and then magically, you know, it's going to happen. But, but we're going to take a look at it. We're going to um, you know, have a discussion about uh, IU's um, commitment or lack thereof to, to football and to athletics as a whole and uh, what it could mean moving forward if, if that's not addressed. Um, and what things might might address that to improve the situation, but uh, from a strictly this season standpoint, um, you know, look, I, I I think that Indiana has enough talent and shows you enough that a realistic person can still say, look, they can beat Maryland. They can. Um, Maryland is a more talented today. team than Minnesota is. Uh, Maryland is better than Minnesota. Maryland's better than IU. Um, but Indiana has shown you enough that if they put together a game, a complete game, which we haven't seen very often, but if they do, Indiana can win that game at home. And, and Indiana is uh, maybe capable of beating Purdue. Again, Purdue's better. They are. Uh, but that's a game that is not impossible to win. Now, uh, I'm not foolish enough to predict an Indiana victory against Maryland. I do not care what comes out about cutting or, uh, you know, whether or not Maryland's going to be motivated or um, how good of a week Indiana's had a practice or this or that. Uh, I will not be predicting Indiana to win another game this year until I actually see it happen on the field. Um, and that's I mean, I'm just I, 100% there. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it's, it's just uh, – that's how it's been. You, you just you can't. You, you can't expand. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, now, what I'm hoping Indiana does is say, look, We've got our backs to the wall here. We have nothing further to lose. Uh, innovative. Get aggressive. Get creative. And and next Saturday against Maryland, uh, why not? You know, ask yourself that. Why not? Why not just throw everything at them and, and play loose, play fast, play aggressive? Those are all very cliched things. I understand that. Uh, but it's not something we've seen. We 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 saw IU actually get aggressive on offense during that fourth quarter against Minnesota because they were forced into it. And guess what? IU's receivers made plays. I mean, we had, yeah, IU has Hale. very very good receivers: Hale, Freifogel, yeah. Nick Westbrook, Luke Timian, Wap Fillier, who he's not a hundred percent. He cannot make the no. cuts that team used to. Uh, before the ankle injury against Michigan State, uh, but it, maybe two weeks will help. Maybe I hate blaming the board because he it, there are receivers running downfield open a lot of times, and yep. it's on your quarterback. Yep. Now I get it, your 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 head coach and your offense coordinator got to get on the horn with me, man. Throw the ball. Maybe you need somebody needs the stone to say, "Hey, Peyton, throw the ball downfield. Guys, open. Uh, you know, step in, throw the ball. Pick off at the punt. 
uh, you know, fine, whatever. But, you know, it's not like he's he's completing 95 and 5 yards of reception. He's throwing and he's only completing 65% of his passes. Chuck it downfield, guy's open, trust your receivers to make a play because every time you throw it downfield and giving them a chance, and they've made plays more times than not. So, got a lot of respect for Peyton Ramsey, he's a tough kid, but you got to be getting his face a little bit of throwing it deep because 6.3 yards per attempt for the season, 10 interceptions is, is not good. For, for a, a program that went into the season saying the starting quarterback is going to take care of the ball, not to mention he also has a few fumbles in there as well. So, you know, he has 15 touchdown passes, 10 interceptions. What are you doing? You know, 232 yard game on, on nearly 37 attempts. You got to open it up. You can't think of donkey. You got to be aggressive. It, what, it doesn't matter. You're throwing picks anyway. So throw them deep. Yeah. Yep. And that's yeah, like, I, I um, it's, I'm just not. I I'm not it. sure. Yeah, I'm just not sure. If you're, if you're, and we'll talk more about Maryland next week. But um, you know, if we're if we're just thinking about okay, how can this thing be somewhat salvaged? Um, it, it starts with Maryland by, I mean, I understand the concerned with wanting to take care of the ball um, but you have got to attempt to create explosive plays uh, you have to scheme explosive plays and, and I do not think it has been near creative enough to make that happen um, and I, I just hope that Indiana uses this off week to reevaluate uh, that part of it and to reevaluate how aggressive they want to be on defense as well, because I, I do not feel that IU has been aggressive enough in blitzing. I do not feel that they've been aggressive enough in, in coverage. Uh, want to see, I want to see that get amped up. And hey, if that means that that some things, uh, let's say that those ideas are attempted on Saturday against Maryland and it goes terribly, well, so be it. You know because. Uh, playing out the way that we have that, uh, you know, with the plan that that's been laid out for the past month ha- has not worked. You know, you, you lost a couple of close games. Well, all right. Penn state is very beatable. And that was a game you lost close. Didn't play poorly, but could have played better. That game was there for Indiana to win. Minnesota played very poorly for 35 minutes or so of that game and that was there to be won still uh, but she didn't so what you have been doing has not been working so I, I hope we see a significant change uh, in terms of philosophy on offense and defense uh, that gives us some, some reason to think okay maybe these last three weeks can be a little bit better uh, and make us at least feel better going into the off season about about things and, and hey, uh crazier things have happened than winning two out of three, beating Maryland and Purdue. Crazier things have happened. Not many, but uh, but a few crazier things have happened than that. So uh 
I think that there's a the Hoosiers could uh, could do that, but they're going to have to make changes to do so. Yeah, and it's going to take, and you have to be willing to change. You have to accept and say, hey, this isn't good enough. That's on us as coaches. Uh, one thing that I've kind of been discouraged about with Tom Allen is him throwing players, kind of throwing players under the bus at press conferences, saying, oh, you know, player just got beat. We, we had him in the right position. He just got beat. Well, you recruited him. Is he not good enough to play in the Big Ten? Is he not fast enough to put, play in the Big Ten? We spent all this time in the winter talking about David Ballou and his staff and how much faster you guys are and how you're the best conditioned team and things like that. So, you know, take responsibility as head coach. Say, hey, I'm right now we're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Our coaching staff isn't good enough. The performance of the field isn't good enough. We need to be better as a team. So, you know, you got to look at it from that way. Accept it. Swallow your pride. And and uh, make adjustments. Good, you know, say, hey, I, special teams has been a, killing us. I'm going to sit in special teams meetings this week uh, to fix things uh, and, and things like that. Offense, you need to be aggressive. And and things like that. Maybe it's Alan telling them, oh, you know, earlier in the year, hey, we need to take care of the ball. Just do that. Trust our defense. Oh, is trustworthy uh, just yet with these young defenders. Go be aggressive on offense. Go score points because if you score points, you're probably going to win. Um, you have to score points to win. And, it's, it's, you know, defense wins championships. Well, you know what? Offense wins games. Go in some games on offense. Uh, tell your quarterback to throw the ball deep. Your guy's open uh, and things like that. But other than that, uh, it has been a fantastic college football season. We have heck of a couple of heck, uh, couple great races in the Big Ten in the East and the West. Uh, you had the college football playoff, a couple great games this weekend uh, to watch with uh, LSU, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, a lot of good games with some implications. So, as much as IU football has been soul crushing the last few weeks, college football as a whole has been awesome this year. And uh, that's what I will be doing this weekend uh, is catching up on those games, catching up on some other work uh, and, and things like that. Uh, TJ, it's been a difficult show to, to go over and rip the mandate off, but Hopefully, there will be more positive things next week as we preview Maryland uh, and things like that. So, thanks for joining me on a kind of warm Monday evening here in Indianapolis. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, not the most pleasant of shows, but still fun to fun to get together and commiserate over this. And, um, you know, as an IU football fan, we are certainly used to disappointment, so um, I, I keep telling myself someday this, you know, it, it'll all click, and, and maybe someday I'll be right about that. Maybe. It's, uh, you know, grass is always greener. But anyway, thanks for yeah, joining maybe. us. <laughs> maybe. Uh, it could be great turf. Uh, thanks for joining us. Come back to HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, often, as we take a look at IU's recruiting class this week, uh, performances in the NFL, uh, 
all that kind of stuff. What we're doing this weekend in terms of if you love college football, here's what you got to do. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. We'll be back Monday to preview IU versus Maryland. No game time has been announced yet. That'll, that was one of those six-day flexes. It'll be announced Sunday, uh, November 4th. I, I assume it's going to be a noon game, but uh, they're waiting on the networks to figure that out. Uh, so thanks for joining us and uh, sympathizing and, and just, you know, doing this Irish wake style. So uh, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, we'll talk again on. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. 
Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.